Hey folks, welcome to the Sloppy Boys Blowout. We're going to have some fun. I'm Mike Hanford and I'm sitting here with Jeff Dutton. What's up? And he brought his friend Tim Kalpakis with him. What's the deal, folks? You two are never seen without each other. I love it. I can't get enough of it. Welcome to the blowout. He brings me everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're always palling around on the pod. (laughs) You two, I've never seen you not together in a car, on a bike, skateboard, the whole thing. Yeah, if you ever see me riding on the front of uh, one of those bicycles built for two, you're going to want to crane your neck back and take a look at the next seat because it's going <laughs> to be my little duddy buddy. Yeah, and it's, a lot of times we'll even finish each other's hello. Oh, boy. <laughs> you guys are a pair. Um, well, this is going to be a, an interesting episode. This is a, we are, we are, a, a t- oh, no. Well, let me, let me start again, Jeff. Yes, <laughs> no, that's good. We want to say hello to all the patrons out there. Thanks so much, guys, for uh, joining us and jumping on the uh, Patreon. We love you guys, and we we wish you we wish you the very best. Well, we do. We know you had that moment where you're like, that will be fun to subscribe to that show. And then you actually have to do it. You know, your thumb is on the Patreon thing, and you're like, am I going to really do this? Yeah. And you know what? You were brave, and you did it, and we're going to... Do our damnedest to repay you. Yes. Yeah. You took a leap of faith, and we want to reward that. I agree, Tim. It's tough. You gotta. You, you say, "Oh yeah, maybe I'll join the Patreon." All right. I gotta shuffle on over to the my closet. I got a safe in there. I keep my Bitcoin password. Open that up. Type <laughs> it in. Get the Bitcoin out. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get hear? The banker on the horn. Banker says that's your very last Bitcoin. This has nothing to do with anything, but there's a story going around recently about uh, there's a guy, a German guy, or maybe he's, I don't know where he lives. I think it's Germany. But uh, he has a Bitcoin account that has like $100 million in it. And he has lost his uh, password. Like he lost the <laughs> piece of paper that has the password on it. Because he can't get into his like Bitcoin wallet. That's also, that's just the story that we all want to hear so bad is like, I've had so many Uber drivers tell me about how rich they are on Bitcoin stuff mm-hmm, that yeah. I think, well, hope you don't forget your password for that fake money. Ain't it just the way? There's there's like a couple people like this in the world, and they have 10 chances to try to like put in their password and get it. Oh, Oof. that could be a good movie. <laughs> I know. 10 chances starring Tim. <laughs> 10 chances starting Ted Danson. Chance... <laughs> 10 chance the oh. rappers all competing. Mm. Oh, to find their Bitcoin password? And the password is yeah. three. Oh, that's oh, good. That, that, that's that's good, Tim. This of is course. actually really good. Hey guys, before we get too far from the pay, from the patrons, yeah. we should just announce it now. We're starting a Discord. Oh hell yeah. Beep, 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 I've been beep. waiting my whole life for this. We all know we all know what this app does and is. We know it down to the ones and zeros. We looked at the code. We it's know chat it rooms. like the back of our hand. It's chat rooms, right? It, it's chat rooms. It's chat we rooms. We know what it can do. It doesn't confuse me. No. It's I do understand chat the appeal. rooms. But now, uh, uh, for real, explain it to me. It is chat rooms? It is chat rooms. Honestly, 
it can be a lot of things. Oh, uh, it, there's a lot Ooh. of potential. This is going to be slop central. It, oh, it's yeah. like it's like your library card. It can be what you make it. Yes, oh. and also uh, it's I think a gateway we could to do, adventure. We could kind of start doing the Zoom room type shit on there <gasps> and have people uh, it, it engage with us in a whole new way. Oh, that's exciting. What if we choose to use it in a bad way? Like when you say my library card. What if I went to the library card and I just took out 25 books about fertilizer? Oh, then I'd have to say, oh boy. Well, Tim, you're going to jail. <laughs> Tim, I know Tim, for a fact, does not have a lot of land. So what's he doing with all this fertilizer? He's not buying it high. So on the Discord, I don't know how this works. If you're starting threads, if you're starting conversation topics, uh, don't do fertilizer. No, don't, don't do fertilizer. And, and also, guys, part of my reticence with starting Discord, is that we're trying to grow this show. Yes. And we appreciate you guys for for listening and, you know, whatever else it is that you're doing. Clicking. We don't want to limit all the conversation about our show to be behind closed doors in some gated community that no one ever hears about. So, you know, if you're a Reddit person, uh, keep using Reddit and talking about it there. If you are if you listen to us, you, you, you do a little Facebook post, that helps too. Also, while we're at it, Rate and review us on iTunes because oh, that's where people oh, yeah. see. That's where people see. Like, what is this thing I'm going to check out? That helps. So, is the idea that it's like, hey, we want the whole public nonstop talking about us on every app. Mm-hmm. But with this Discord, it's sort of like the patrons are. We, we're they get special treatment. We want to have a dialogue with them because they're in the know. This is the select group of people that are listening to our yes. random takes on the blowout. So we want to interact. And it's basically an entire America online for slop heads hmm. that we we make the rules. Now, when I first got America online, one of the very first things I did was I downloaded a picture of Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> so can you do that? You know what, Tim? If you download Discord, I'll make sure you get... The most high-res photo of Jerry Seinfeld. You, it'll be the last one you ever need. Hell yeah. Um, now, Tim, I, I have to bring this up, stepping back for a second. Tim said earlier that uh, on the Discord, people can start a thread. Right? He said that? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the threads are kind of, I mean, well, to, my, it, it, to my knowledge, there are channels and it's just a, it's an ongoing chat room. Okay. There's several, several ongoing chat so, rooms. So, but anyway, the, the fact remains, Tim said the words, you can start a thread. Do you think out there, someone, <laughs> one of our patrons is... A tailor who's listening to this while working on a suit or something. You're yeah. saying, like, huh? Hey, 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 turn that up. <laughs> hey, 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 turn that up. Hey, hey Mikey, turn hey. that up. I want to see here with this these fucking... This uh, got the uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess my uh, version of a tailor is kind of like a, a Sopranos guy. Hopefully we get uh, all the Reynolds Woodcocks of the world uh, showing up. Mm. Who's that? Tim, Phantom Thread, you claim to like this movie. I love that movie. His name is Reynolds Woodcock. Woodcock. I did remember that. Um, I guess I wish I, my tailor was more like that, but I have a very contentious relationship with my tailor because I'm down there every week. Take it out. Take it out farther. And he, Tim, oh, but, man. Tim, but there's no fabric. The ass can't get any bigger. Tim, you got it good, man. My, my tailor? You want to you know about my tailor? Yeah. yeah. I try to have a conversation with this guy and he's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay jeff i'm gonna let you have that one tim taylor from tool time my taylor uh she's very she's very fast she's very speedy but she's very hard to pin down and get her 
in town to actually be working on this stuff. But she's great. She's this tall, um, blonde-haired woman who plays guitar, and she started playing folk music for a while, and then, or no. country music, and then she got poppy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess you could say she's Taylor Swift. Michael! <laughs> Mike, I wish I could shake you off. <laughs> I wish someone over come over here and slap me silly, because this is bad stuff. <laughs> this is bad stuff I'm up to. They should have an app, uh, gig economy type thing. We could have someone come over and slap you silly. Just when you snap me out of a bad joke run. Hey, Mike, uh, now we got bad blood. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Well, yes, I hope yes. you don't screw with my reputation. Ooh, oh, reputation tour. Hey, uh, Mike, I'm going to let you finish, but uh, we got a podcast to get to. <laughs> okay, Kanye. Folklore. Okay, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, well, today we're talking about one of my favorite little peculiar films. Oh, it's uh, a film oddity. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's an, it's an oddity for sure. But, guys, I feel like... This movie is unfairly maligned. <laughs> I think it's become a, a punching... It was a punching bag then, and it's a punching bag now, and I feel like there's a lot to appreciate in the weirdo movie called Super Mario Brothers. Now, would you say that this film belongs in... Dr. Jefferson's chest of celluloid curiosities. <laughs> yes, Tim, it does. I was, I, it, well, I'm going to take my uh, copy and put it in Mike Hanford's chest of garbage. No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take my copy and put it up Tim Kalpakis's ass. Unwiped ass. <laughs> That's right, folks. We're talking Super Mario Brothers <laughs> from 1993, directed by Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton. Here is the synopsis from Google. Brooklyn Prompt... <clears throat> Beef shots. Brooklyn plumbers, Mario and Luigi, get the shock of their lives when they discover a parallel world populated by the intelligent descendants of dinosaurs. It seems they weren't destroyed by a meteor millions of years ago, but hurled into another dimension, and now they have plans to rule our world. It's up to our unlikely heroes to battle the evil King Koopa and his Goomba guards, free the beautiful Princess Daisy, and save mankind in this adventure of a lifetime. Let's go! That's the star song. There you Woo! go. Okay, I, 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 uh, I was just—I'm not going to push put this in a garbage can. I, I want to talk about this movie, and it was uh, fun to see because I know you, Jeff. I know you've liked this movie for a long time. Yeah, it's tough to find too. Yeah, it is tough to find, which is maybe not good pod fodder. We'll find out. No, it's much like True Lies, Michael. Yes. You you and I had talked about watching True Lies for a year before we finally bought a DVD. Right. True, <laughs> and True Lies and all that us. jazz were on my list of hard to finds. Do you use, use Just Watch? The app Just Watch? You ever use that? No. Yeah, I, I use it all the time. But then like there are a bunch of movies that you just can't, they're, they're not sure. streaming anywhere and you have to get a piece of physical media. Yep. Well, uh, and I know that this is the first time both of you guys have seen this. Mm-hmm. I would say I I saw this movie when it first came out and I was a little confused, but I did still like it. It wasn't like Ninja Turtles 3 where I, I realized that maybe I didn't like some movies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Turtles 3 was just like, oh, here we go. And I left being like, I didn't like that. And this is the first movie I saw that I didn't love. Um, Turtles 3 is a movie that I, for my birthday, 
had uh, like my parents uh, piled me and my friends in the back of a minivan and drove us to see Turtles 3 and we were getting a little too old for it. And on the drive there, my friends were like, ha, we're going to it to make fun of it. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> my, Tim, I would have been right there with you, baby. <laughs> you would have been like, Tim, seems like you and I are the only guys who like turtles anymore. <laughs> um, but Turtles looms large on this movie. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah, it does. Turtles looms large. And I would I would say also uh, Beetlejuice looms large on this movie. There's a lot of movies that uh, this comes close to a lot of beloved movies, but uh, it ain't beloved and adds nothing new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie was like you mentioned confusing, Jeff, and I could not agree with you more about the confusing of bits of this movie, the plot. But um, if you're a kid and you like the Mario Brothers and you want to yes. go to a movie to see those guys. Colorful world, very fun. Right, they're not dressed in plumbers outfit. They're they're Mario Brothers outfits for like most of the movie. Oh yeah, and then when they do get into their red and green colors, it's like kind of a makeshift version of their look, which is strange because I'm a professional writer, and if I got the call from Nintendo, Tim, right a Super Mario Brothers movie, I would do what 99 out of 100 screenwriters would do. I'd write a movie where it's like. Hey, this video game is everybody's playing Mario Brothers, and I'm the kid who's plays too much of it. And the, whoa, I get sucked into the game, and I get to live in the fun world. And that's the movie that would be a hit, even if it's mm. uncool. But that's not the film that we watched tonight. Like, yes, the video game is right, Jeff. Colorful and fun and bouncy, and the music is like doink doink. But when you get in this world, it's all very real, and it's like lizard people, and it's not. Right. I don't uh, that happens with a lot of video game. Like the video game always seems to be better than the movie just well, worldwide. Especially back then cuz like nowadays you have video games that basically make sense. Mm. You know, like if if you play like The Last of Us or, or whatever any of these games like there's a there's a concrete reality that makes sense whereas they filmed this in 92 and it was released in 93. Super Nintendo came out in 91. So we had worked our way up to Super Mario oh. World. Oh. We've had Mario 1, 2, and 3 for Nintendo, and we're up to World. But still, basically, all we know is that Mario is a middle-aged Italian plumber, and he's stomping on turtles and mushrooms in the Mushroom Kingdom, and he's battling a dragon to save a princess, and there's not a lot of logic to pull from. And uh, the interesting thing about this is the lengths that the the director's duo, married couple, British married couple, by the way, um, have gone to sort of lend uh, <laughs> credibility to like this crazy it's, video game world. It is a long walk. I, I feel like my arc with this movie was I watched it and maybe about half hour in, I was like, what am I watching here? And I had a lot of strong notes that I would give. So then- I picked up the phone, looked up the Wikipedia page, and I said, oh, this is, this Wikipedia page is great, and it tells the whole story, and everything makes sense after the fact, the drafts that this went through, the people that worked on it, but coming into it, I was wondering, the plumbers saving Princess Peach, I recently watched High Score, and I don't think they touched on this, maybe it's in mm -hmm. Console Wars, what, where did, the, the guy, um, the the guy that invented the game, the famous Japanese guy who created Miyamoto. Do you know? Was it just randomness, or or was there a reason? I, I know that Mario Two was retrofitted from another game. Mm. Mm. 
That's why it's different than Mario 1 it and It has 3. a funny name too, right? Doki Doki Panic. Yeah. <laughs> That's not funny. But, <laughs> but uh, I think it was just like back then, you know, from Space Invaders to Mario, it's just like a game was its own thing and you didn't have to think too much about. Right. Because you don't wonder why um, Donkey Kong is throwing barrels. You're like, eh, he's, he's a big ape and he's throwing the barrels and I got to win. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's the first appearance of Mario, right? Yes, uh, Donkey Kong. Yeah. Hmm. Back then, I think he, also he was called Jump Man. <laughs> oh right, and isn't there like a, a future song? Not like Drake's Junk Man, <laughs> Jump Man, Jump I, Man. I think Jump that Man. is. Is that not who they're referring to? I hope. I hope they are. I think they're actually referring to the Michael Jordan logo. You're right. That's what they're ah. referring to. Um, I've got a question for you guys, and this is a fundamental question. Hit me. How do you say uh, uh, our beloved main plumber? Uh, Jeff, how do you pronounce his name? Mario. Michael, how do you pronounce his name? Yeah, Mario. I, I... But see, no, but Michael, uh, but guys, they're Italian, so they say Mario. But what, uh, Italian, you mean like from Brooklyn? Because I mm-hmm. say Mario. I grew up saying Mario. Mm. And I'm wondering, my parents are both from Montreal, and there's a handful of words that they said in the Canadian fashion, and then... I said that way and I got made fun of and Mario is one of them. Like I played that game with my brother in my house and we loved it and it was a huge part of my life. And then I'd go into school and say Mario and everyone would laugh at me. So I had to learn to say Mario. Then I pop (laughs) in this DVD today and what do I hear? Leguizamo is saying Mario. Tim, and you uh, got to track down, you got to track down all those little fuckers and just rub their noses <laughs> in it. Uh, the, the, uh, the guy playing Mario in the movie, he kind of wavers around. Sometimes it's Mario, sometimes it's Mario. I'd say half of the people in this movie are saying Mario. So if you're a Brooklyn guy, do you say Mario? And I'm from upstate New York, so maybe I should say Mario. I've heard, yeah. I've heard a lot of Canadian people say Mario Lemieux, the, the hockey player. That's what I... Uh, I think maybe that is a Canadian thing. Um, you know, a very weird specific one? Instead of paprika, I grew up saying paprika. Yes, I've heard that before from... Not you, I've but, never heard that. And that's a Canadian thing. But why would why would the country of Canada have a different pronunciation for that one spice? Well, it's like aunt or aunt, or hey, more specifically, it's like Han Solo, Han Solo. Sure. That, that's all over the place, even in, even in canon. I, why do... I say Han. I say Han. In the movie, they say Han. Yeah, I say Han Solo. I think they do both. I think they do both in the movie. That's why it's so damn confusing. Okay, so... There there are podcasts to this day debating it. (laughs) So basically, if you want to say Mario, you want to say Mario, you do you. Yeah. Uh, So uh, let me me give like a brief rundown just for for people about the making of this thing. I don't have a spiel all laid out, so I'm going to kind of clunk through it. Go ahead. Um, Essentially, there was this producer named Roland Jaffe. He was a successful director and he wanted to get into producing. So he got the rights from Nintendo. And Nintendo, even today, is a little, they're, uh, they're a little tight with the rights. And it's probably because of this movie. <laughs> um, and, and he attached a lot of different writers to it. Uh, the guy who wrote Rain Man did a draft. The people who wrote The Flintstones did a draft. And ultimately, it came down to this um, British married couple, Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton. And they had done a Dennis Quaid movie called DOA, and then they were the co-creators of Max Headroom. Do you guys remember Max Headroom? Yeah. Yeah, I, and I never saw the show. I remember Pepsi commercials with it. Yeah, well, he had a TV movie and then a couple series, but here's a little snippet of Max Headroom. This is Max 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 Max
This is the original Tim and Eric. Yes, uh, this is a guy dressed in a plastic suit, and they uh, put some heavy makeup on him. Uh, this actor, Matt Frewer, who, who is a talented dude, they sort of do like a video remix of him, and uh, he's got like a crazy CG background, and it was like an early sort of punk rock approach to CG. And that's It was a TV what got, show? It was a TV movie, and then he was like the host of like an interview right. show. Yeah, Yeah, okay. I feel like I remember him hosting and throwing, throwing to videos, and it definitely felt like they worked backwards from like video effects. Like we now have video machines that yes. you can mess around with and glitch them out. And I don't remember like, what did he do? Like, did he walk? He reminded me of, he, he, didn't, he, he was a talking head. He was like, he was like a normal dude in a suit. He like existed on a screen, right? Existed on a screen. Okay. Uh, dude in a suit, talking head. Uh, you know, I'm thinking David. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also appeared in Pixels, which I didn't see. Have you guys seen Pixels? No. No. Uh, the Adam Sandler movie? Yeah. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. So this uh, Jankel and Morton, Batman had just come out, and there was a lot of anti-video game sentiment, mm -hmm. and they wanted to do for video games what Batman had done for comics. They weren't satisfied with like a little kid's movie. Uh, so they wanted to do something that was like a little bit bigger, a little bit more ambitious, uh, had something for like teens... There was a shot in this movie that looked like a shot from Batman when the car is driving away from that big fireball. Oh, yeah. that I thought that, that looks like a very Batman yeah. shot. Yeah, and um, the production designer worked on Blade Runner. and uh, Yeah, the production design is... <laughs> is insane. Amazing. Like, the art, the art direction and the costumes in this movie are really cool, and the plot doesn't really deserve them, but that is... I mean, to have the Blade Runner guy... <laughs> like... Everything in this movie shoots sparks. Like when they when they get to the Mushroom Kingdom or Dino yeah. Hatton, as they call it, <laughs> every car you see is crashing into another car. Everything shoots sparks. It's out of fucking control. <laughs> it's just a peculiar fit for a uh, Mario Brothers movie. That's what I thought yeah. when I was I was peeking at the um, the history of it online, and it was funny because basically it sounded like. In those earlier, earlier drafts, it was like a road movie or it was like the straightforward movie of going to the other, the world that you recognize from the video game. But it sounded like the Nintendo guy was like, hey, look, just make a good movie. Don't feel like you have to follow the video game too much. And to this day, he's sort of like, yeah, they followed the video game too much. They could have just made a good movie. But, and that is bizarre to me. It's, it's almost like Nintendo was riding so high and felt so infallible that they were like, yeah, we could just have America have their own movie. It doesn't have to be canon and we don't have to protect it. But I do really think that that's, this whole movie is hanging in the balance of like, if you have the freedom to do whatever you want, why are you making a movie about two plumbers? And if it's not for kids, who is it for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it seems like the director's, are the ones who wanted to go dark mm -hmm. or dystopian, let's say. They themselves hired two different duos to look at the script. And then also um, Ed Solomon of Bill and Ted did a pass, mm. like right before shooting. So Too many cooks. When the art department started to get together and ev everybody started to see how dystopian this was, the money people got a little um, uncomfortable. And then it's just a story of competing visions for the movie. Yeah. 
Because it sounds like at the very last moment, Disney acquired the distribution rights and they're like, make it a family film. And then that sort of, then there's this battle between the dark twisted movie and the family film. And yeah, that's what you got. There were a lot of and things it, in this movie that just like, the, like the characters like Toad and uh, Yoshi and the the king who was the mushroom. He was that big fungusy thing. Yes. That were introduced just to like check off. Uh, oh, remember from the video game? Well, here's Yoshi. He doesn't do anything. Uh, he just kind of gets captured with Daisy. Uh, right. And like Toad, that didn't need to be Toad. That could have just been somebody who turns into whatever but you know what i mean like he didn't nobody like served the purpose that they do in the video game which i don't know if there is one i mean that's the thing is like i mean what do we know about toad before exactly he's short the toads were like i mean are aligned with toadstool uh princess toadstool or daisy we don't know much about them so maybe they are like um, yeah so you could just make up whatever which is tough to do my my first hot take of this whole thing is that after batman begins there was this whole idea of a dark reboot. Yeah. That Funnier Die made a million videos for like, oh, a dark Pokemon reboot. Oh, a dark Willy Wonka reboot. Mm-hmm. And this one actually did it like 15 years early with the actual. I like that you're mad about the parodies, but not the 20 bad movies that we <laughs> had. Um, no, but, uh, but like there was this whole idea where it would be funny to think of like, in this case, Oh, Mushroom Kingdom. Right. Okay, it's New York City, but it's fungus. choked by fungus. Yeah. And that's like a weird a, a weird thing. And and Toad is going to be... Uh, I mean, Toad doesn't really make any sense because <laughs> he's <laughs> well, turned into a, a Goomba. Th- and in this case, I think you're totally right that it is it is grittiness just kind of the, for the sake of it being a reimagining and it's sort of a cynical worldview. But like these other things... It's a little bit late for the for the 80s trend of grittiness. And and I think that um, Ninja Turtles is a gritty, dark movie because they live in the sewer and they live in New York. And the cartoon had a little bit of that. Ghostbusters is the whole point is like, hey, Manhattan has become a shithole by the late 70s when Dan Aykroyd's writing it. And and in the future, ghost hunters will be like garbage men. 1993, Mario Brothers it is, it's like Batman Begins. They're reimagining a gritty just because it's an interesting thing to do, but it's not really motivated by anything internal. Look, I do think that it's an interesting take to be like, okay, King Koopa. Like, what if King Koopa is a fascist president? Like Joe Biden. needs to devolve everyone. It was so unnecessary to make real world analogies for all these like crazy colorful mushroom, uh, for all these crazy colorful video game things. But they do have like, okay, in the game, jumping is a big thing. So we're going to make these pneumatic boots that allow the Mario Brothers to like jump really high for the climax. And it's like, I, you don't need to do all this shit. I guess like good for you for name checking like the Hammer Brothers are a store there, there are bombs. There are all these like weird. Oh wait, wait. What? What are the Hammer Brothers? There's just like a store that says like Hammer. Oh, there's okay. a neon sign that says like Thwomp and Hammer Brothers and shit. I okay. I because I saw Thwomp and I was like, oh, that must be a, an Easter egg of some sort. The answer to this, I believe, from a, a interview that I clicked on, was like where they landed was we have freedom to do whatever we want with this. We don't have to 
just do the video game. And where they landed was this is a prequel to the video game. They're like the the video game Interesting. is built on this. So we can kind of tell any story we want, but name check these things to set them up. But what I thought was so strange is halfway through this movie when I was getting really confused, I was like, where are the pipes and the and the coins and the stuff yeah. that I love? And and Tim, I, there were pipes. They were they were cruising down all sorts of pipes. Not the right type of pipes. I mean, stepping into video world and having fun, just like exactly the first level from Super Mario Brothers. Um, but when I looked it up, I I have never played Mario World, and I didn't know about Dino World. And this movie was using the most recent video game, not the most famous video game, but the most recent video game. And that's where they lost me. Cause it's like, if you're doing a prequel, why are you setting up the third video game? I wonder if, I think it could have just as easily come from like, okay, Koopa is a dragon and he's got all these turtles. I think that they could extrapolate Is that what that. the Goombas were supposed to be? Well, Goombas are the mushrooms yeah, that Mario jumps on. That's what I thought. But then you'll notice you'll notice that the Goombas in the movie, they have two different head shapes. There's the sort of rounder one uh-huh. that is maybe supposed to be more like the mushroom. And then there's the more sort of lizard one, which is a little bit more like the traditional Koopa Troopa. There was a snake one, too. And uh, in the elevator scene where he's making them, where Luigi starts to make them. Oh, yeah, that's dance. what I mean. The, the snake head. That, the, was, that really made me laugh when they just start dancing with each other. Uh, but one of the snakes, it was really great. He like, as he's like uh, dancing with his partner, his face touches the partner's shoulder and his, you know, foam lip just kind of like bends in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's the, the, the Goombas thing threw me a little bit. Uh, going back to the, uh, signage in the world. Did you see the lizard lounge? I did. I did. I was like, hey, that- do we think our friends from Weekend at Ernie's may have been stopping by now? Yeah, we have a we have a sketch where we're called Weekend at Ernie's. Oh, these people know. The- they, if you're a patron, you know. <laughs> well, I want to talk about the good things about this movie. OK, this will take 30 seconds. I've got a good thing, you, but you go first. <laughs> the cast. The cast is yep. dope. Yeah. Yep. Bob Hoskins, Dennis Hopper, Fiona Shaw. Dennis Hopper had to do some lines that were like, I am going to get those plumbers. And I hate that plumber. Yeah. And like he looks at the, the dripping sli- uh, mushroom king or whatever. He's like, slime bucket. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this Koopa clown is one evil scum sucking son of a snake. And, that, and that's so funny because it's like scum sucking son of a snake. I think they're being clever, but like he would say cock sucking son of a bitch, yeah. but we're yeah. gonna, but kids don't know that. We got the guy from Blue Velvet. Yeah. Um, you know who, who is an amazing actor? One of the, the Goombas is Richard Edson, who's in like Do the Right Thing. And oh, he, yeah, he's, he's not one of the, the Goombas are the, like the mutant weird weirdos. He's like one who are of the, the two, the two henchmen, the cousins. Yeah. The cousins. Uh, he's the first drummer from Sonic Youth. Really? Wait, which yeah. one? Spike or Izzy? So, I forget who's Spike and who's Izzy, but one of them is Fisher Stevens. Is he Spike or Izzy? Izzy, come on. Fisher Stevens is from Succession. I was like, the whole time I was like, who is this guy? He's oh, from Succession. Yes. He was Phoebe's psychologist boyfriend and friends. Ah. And uh, he's also in Short Circuit and Hackers. And then this other guy, Richard Edson, uh, oh. he, he sort of has like the shave, the undershave yeah. haircut. I've always been a big fan of this guy because he reminds me of like 
You know, uh, Fredo in The Godfather was like only in three movies and they're all amazing. He's in like Dog Day Afternoon and The Conversation or something. And like mm-hmm. his, he's only been in masterpieces. Richard Edson, up until this point, now I think he's done a lot of TV and stuff, but he's in like Jim Jarmusch, uh, Stranger Than Paradise. And like he's only in really amazing movies. So it was jarring uh, for me to see him in this movie. And he's kind of funny when he gets smart. He made me Fun laugh. tidbit. Uh, those two guys, their first day of shooting was when they were stalking Daisy and they didn't like the script. So they made up their own lines and the directors liked it. And so they made up their own lines for the rest of the movie. That <laughs> oh my kind of seems like it makes sense. Uh, yeah, they cracked me up a couple of times. He, the, the guy you were just talking about, Tim, um, was one of the valet drivers, I think, in, yes. in Ferris Bueller. Yep, yep, yep. Um, there's a nice breakdown on The Guardian. The article is called The Stench of It Stays With Everybody. It was written by Keith Stewart back in 2018. And there's a great quote that Edson has. It says here, Edson struck up friendships with others working on the film during its production. We would hang out a lot and get stoned. Bob Hoskins would never hang out. He had a mansion somewhere down on the beach. But then one night, we were talking about getting high, and Bob was like, you guys have pot? You've been smoking reefer? And we were like, yeah. And he yelled, why didn't you tell me? I've been sitting alone in my mansion. We really looked up to him. (laughs) (laughs) I saw uh, Leguizamo said that he, uh, that that Mario and Luigi would get drunk every morning before shooting and then be drinking during the shoot. Whoa. Uh, Yeah. So the actors famously like hated this because the script was always changing, which is probably the most annoying thing for an actor. Mm -hmm. Also, hey, funny thing about uh, Fisher Stevens, the other guy. He and Leguizamo are are like really good friends. Mm. Oh, yeah? Fisher directed Leguizamo's solo show Ghetto Clown in 2011, but they had even done Midsummer Night's Dream together in 1987 at the Public Theater in New York. Wow. Leguizamo put itching powder in uh, Fisher's jockstrap before the show, and then he got back at him by... By by like spraying his dressing room with shaving cream. <laughs> so these guys are they're having these fun, guys are cut ups. They're having a blast. They're having fun. You know how there would be a weird thing that you saw on TV a long time ago, and it was only on TV one night, but it sticks in your head mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of your life, and you can't reference it because no one knows. There was a one night in like 1999 on Conan. They they did a bit when they were like. Oh, you know, like unveiling their new characters. And w- one of Conan's new characters was um, the guy who calls <laughs> the guy who calls John Leguizamo Legzam. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, I can't remember, maybe Brian McCann or like one of the writers being like, hey, Legzam, how's it going? Have a good show, <laughs> Legzam. And I, you know, that's like not on any of the best dubs or, and I've never seen it online. And every single time, like Wazamo, like I looked at the DVD and I was like, <laughs> legs in. <laughs> I think of that too, by proxy. Yeah. Double by proxy. <laughs> Shiner used to say it all the time. Nobody knows who Shiner is, but. It's funny that he's a, uh, he's like a Colombian actor who is playing an Italian dude. He had a funny quote somewhere saying that, um, that it was payback being like, there've been so many Italians playing Latin characters like Scarface throughout the years that he was like, I enjoyed getting to play an Italian and being like, yeah, that's right. That's great. And you know, I was saying that they got good actors for this movie. They are saddled with some shitty dialogue. I don't like that. Um, the sort of fumbling flirting that Luigi has to do yeah. in, the, in the beginning of this whole thing. It's just like, can we just get on with it? Yeah. But I do think it's funny. Like their interplay, the two of them, Luigi, 
he's got his intuition and Mario, he's got his tools. Yeah. And they just, they can never agree. You treat a tool like a friend. Keep it close. <laughs> and always by your Exactly. Dad. See, Mike, you're getting it. I get it. You're getting I it, Michael. It. Uh, I really liked when, so like when they first came to the other dimension, what are we calling that? Dino Hatton. Mm-hmm, Dino Hatton. They're like, hey, what's going on here? We, is this, do we go to Manhattan? So Manhattan changed in a week or something like that. I haven't been to Manhattan in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Must have been a bad couple of weeks. And then like, the, somebody's mentioned something about the Bronx and he's like, yeah, or the Bronx today. And he's like, this place is worse than this place or this place or the Bronx today. And then they're like, oh, she's from Queens, but she's all right. <laughs> it's like, they're just Brooklyn based. Little, little jokes. Like when they're uh, talking to Daisy about the dinosaur dig and there's just like, there used to be dinosaurs in Brooklyn. And he's like, relax, Luigi. There used to be Dodgers here, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, I, I, I like thinking a lot of big Brooklyn families went to this movie and were like, eh, <laughs> I, I did like, though, when they first showed up in uh, Dino Haddon, where it was just chaos all over the place and people are like fighting each other on the street. And that shit crazy. And you just see a bike, a guy on a bike just ram into a uh, railing and fall over the like other side. Fall over the side. People fall on like, uh, like there's these guide wires that are like go-karts or trolleys yeah, yeah. everywhere. And people just get electrocuted when they, when they touch them. <laughs> um, that Dino Hatton, it, the, the set for it, it was not a soundstage. It was like a, a concrete mixing plant yes. in ah. North Carolina. And so they were able to, that's why it's got like some height to it and some levels to it. It's pretty cool looking. Hey, that was also the exterior for the Foot Clan oh. in Ninja Turtles. Really? And it's it also appears in T2. Damn. Ah. Another great thing about this movie, among so many great things, is the score, Alan Silvestri. Yeah, I noticed that. But um, this is the guy who did Roger Rabbit and fucking Back to the Future, baby. It was very weird to me to I saw that in the opening credits and I was like oh damn Alan Silvestri this is going to be some good music yeah then they like forced he is brilliant and has a sound of his own and they forced him to do Danny Elfman don't you feel like most of this mm. mo- uh, movie is like ding ding here we go I've got it right here I I love this shit I think this is this is one of my favorite like scores in a lot of movies well here maybe maybe Alan Silvestri is better at doing Danny Elfman than Danny Elfman himself is this cue that I've selected also starts very very much like Back to the Future which I thought was John Williams and it's not I mean I just figured produced by Steven Spielberg it's John Williams it's not Silvestri baby it's Alan Silvestri okay here we go Back to the future. Yeah, totally. for sure. I can see Marty cruising around on his hoverboard now. But here, here's the part. I fucking love this shit. <laughs> but like, this is Pee-wee's big adventure. This is yeah. copyright infringement. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, also feels very Roger Rabbit to me. Um, I know that the, the directors, the, the Max Headroom director couple, they were like... They said, oh, we came from the school of Tim Burton, and that was our style. And it it is just very funny to me. Like, I think if you want to if you want to rip off uh, Danny Elfman, go for it. I just I wonder about how Silvestri felt about it, because he's like, I think time wise, maybe this is the movie he did right before Forrest Gump. And it's so funny to think of 
making him do sound alike type stuff. But what I did think was very cool is this movie ends with a back to the future reference and he does the back to the future sting. And you're like, hell yeah, that's cool that he got to parody himself. Man. I remember on America online reading somewhere that, uh, I thought I had Bob Hoskins email address (laughs) (laughs) And, and I emailed him. And I said, Bob, like, I'm a big fan of your work. So when is Mario Brothers 2 coming out? <laughs> that does seem also like the, man, it's like you and I are the only one who care about Ninja Turtles. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Like, it's like making Jeez, think- Bob, you and me. <laughs> Being 11 years old. But uh, also on the note of music, the soundtrack is stacked, baby. You got George Clinton doing Walk the Dinosaur covering Was Not Was. Oh, yeah. Everyone thought that, the, I mean, that's a cool choice. You're like, we're in Dino Hatton. Let's let's cover Walk the Dinosaur. And people were like, yeah, I mean, it's it's the Mario movie. This is going to be the next Ninja Turtles. The Ninja Turtles thing was is interesting because it's like, yeah, you can definitely tell they were inspired by those movies and like the uh, franchises, like the 90s franchises were like, let's just borrow from each other and make our things big. But when Dennis Hopper is like, he said something like, okay, prepare for destiny. Where's my pizza? Uh, like, what is he talking about there? <laughs> and then, yeah. then later he says something and the guy comes up. He's like, here's your pizza. And he's like, not now. But uh, <laughs> doesn't he doesn't eat. Pizza. There's a different scene where he orders like weird. He orders some weirdo food. Yeah. I, and that's what I thought. And it was like, oh, is that the pizza he was talking about? But just that like pizza is a is a kid's thing. And uh, pizza is a kid's thing. Dinosaurs are like, uh, we just had dino fever. I thought this came out after Jurassic Park. It came out the same year as Jurassic Park. Oh, wow. The engineers that did the Jurassic Park dinosaurs, uh, Wikipedia says, they stopped by the set and were like, oh, cool. This little Yoshi guy's cool. They were like, we should put dinosaurs in our movie. The Yoshi yeah. did that. <laughs> it's just going to be called Park. The Yoshi's the Yoshi did look good. He was uh yeah, he was they're, real. They're two I mean the art department is just like firing on all on on all cylinders. Yeah. It's just a strange mismatch. But I, I also oh good. Did did Dennis Hopper ever have a suit on where he had like a dinosaur tail? Not a tail. Okay. He he, he sort of gets de-evolved a couple times. Cuz I when we first moved to LA, we went to this like vintage store on uh Hollywood and Highland or like there was they had a bunch of like old movie stuff there that you could buy. Yeah. And hanging up in the rafters was like for a couple hundred dollars. This it said like Dennis Hopper's suit from uh the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh. And I always remember seeing that and be like, wow, okay, I gotta see that movie someday and and I'll spot it. I should wear that. I'm gonna I'm gonna find that. Yeah, I'm gonna find it and wear it. Yeah, you gotta wear that. But it was like it was weird. It was like kind of a silvery jacket with a big tail on the back. And I never saw him wear something like that. That's not weird. <laughs> I really liked that Dennis, Dennis Hopper shaved his eyebrows for this movie oh, just yeah. to appear appear more uh, reptilian. Uh, reptilian. Oh, I can never put my finger on that. When someone doesn't have eyebrows, I'm like, what's up with your face? Takes me a long time to figure out its eyebrows missing. Yeah. Um, also, uh, going back to the music, I love all the music in the club. One of the songs is Love is the Drug. Do you, you guys remember that song? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then there was this other song that I was like, man... It was Shazam proof. I was watching it and I was like, what is this smooth rock, cool jam mm-hmm. that I cannot Shazam? And I found it. It's a song called I Would Stop the World by Charles and Eddie. I'll stop the world. That's so fu- th- This song caught my ear as well. I was like, okay. What part was this? I don't remember this. In the club. It's like Mario's dancing with Big Bertha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that they were, that she uh, liked him. 
I feel like it's supposed to be a Marvin Gaye thing, but I'm getting a little yeah. Streets of Philadelphia Springsteen. You know what? Also, the chorus reminds me of Ooh, Child, Things Are Gonna Get Easier. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's coming up. Haunting chords. Who did this song? Charles and Eddie. Mm. They also did that song that was like, Would I lie to you, baby? Would I lie to you? Oh, yeah, this feels like, Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also getting a little, uh, bring me a higher love. Oh, cool. Anyway, very cool and moody, and I'm happy I found it. Is the is the soundtrack on Spotify? It's piecemealed. Ah. Um, so you can find most of it, but not that song. <laughs> um, you can try. Here are two little references that I marked that would have tickled me had I seen this in theater. Again, I never saw this. I remember this movie coming out and me being like, ooh, they made like a serious one. And I think I was like a little scared of it. But um, had I seen it, I think I would have gone apeshit when Luigi uses a pinhead on his face. Uh, that was such a yes. moment in time. That that little, those pins that you put on yeah. your face and you can see your face. Like that, I bet th- kids in the theater went crazy when they even just saw that. That that moment too, he's he's wearing that like pinstripe uh, baseball cap. Mm-hmm. I remember that when that was a style. I was like, oh man, those are so cool. I want to get one. And I finally got a... Uh, L.A. Kings one. Oh, man. Tim, that pin face thing, I think, is like foreshadowing the effect that they have on the wall uh, when they jump into the rock. Yeah, it is like that. That was those were those graphics left something to be desired. But when the so of I, the time, though, Mike, no, like, at the time, when they're tumbling right. when they're tumbling in that like weird 3D world thing like that is so fucking Beatles. But I was That's I like was bringing that up to, to launch me into this next point. I so to watch this movie, I had to buy a DVD player. I got like a oh, no. <laughs> I got a thirty dollar. I'm so sorry. A thirty dollar Slovenia. You know those? Oh, that, those are good. Sil- <laughs> Sylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, like I took it out of the box and it's so light because there's like nothing to it. The, <laughs> the remote is just like air. But uh, I turned it on. I'm watching it, and it opens with that like eight bit look of the uh, the dinosaur, the, the Jurassic Age or whatever. And I was uh, like, yes. "Fuck, this DVD player sucks." <laughs> <laughs> and then it broke into high D. That intro was the last thing added to the film. The dinosaurs and and the narrator Dan Castellaneta ah. saying, "Hey, there used to be dinosaurs." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I liked when the dinosaurs were like, we got them pretty good, don't we? <laughs> and that's because uh, they added that because people, people otherwise, the movie just started with a girl running down the streets in the rain, giving an egg to a church. And people were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I was <laughs> very confused there. It starts off so fucking heavy. An egg gets dropped at a church. The nuns take it in and then they like cut to the stained glass window of Jesus and there's like thunder and lightning outside and the egg hatches and the nuns are like, yeah. And that was Daisy in there, right? Yeah, it's Daisy in there. It should have been Peach. Why do we even have Princess Daisy? I know, I didn't, we I should didn't have get Peach. that. Yeah, well, they're they're both canon. I know. I know they're both canon, but I didn't play no Mario World. I know, I know, I agree. Also, the only, honest, the, the biggest p- problem I have with the plot is that they say... Daisy's the only one that can merge the worlds. And I've seen, you know, there's a million movies where like 
somebody's got to merge the worlds. There's different dimensions or whatever. They just never bother to explain like what's so special about Daisy that she's got to merge the worlds mm-hmm. instead of Fiona Shaw. Because her dad, she's the she's the lineage of her dad. I mean, I guess like I inferred that, but it's like, okay. Fiona Shaw, I, I laughed at that moment when Fiona Shaw fell back on the, the um, like uh, electrified gate yes. thing. <laughs> yes, and her, like you do when you fall off a catwalk, you get electrocuted. Her hair, her hair stuck out and she had like a, they put a gray like, Streak through her hair. Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. She's cool. Like, what's she... She's doing a million she's things in, now. I know to, knew her from uh, Killing Eve. She's in Killing Eve. Right. She does a lot of Mario sequels and stuff <laughs> when they made a lot of these. Like, honestly, that's a cool move, by the way, to have... Okay, we have King Koopa. We're going to have, like, a Lady Macbeth-type character on his side who's jealous of Peach. That's a cool fucking move. Yeah. It's cool, but it's weird that she's just invented. If you're... If you're playing connect the dots with so much of this movie, it's weird to also be like, we invented some things. <laughs> Sorry. Um, one thing that they invented that I thought was uh, very funny is when the little bomb was upside down, uh, you could see he was wearing Reebok shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love, I love, you know, in, in Back to the Future when the t- tiny pizzas are Pizza Hut. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but speaking of brand names, my other reference that I think if I had seen this in theaters back in the day, I would have laughed at was when Mario is leaving a, a bodega and he's like, three dollars. I could get <laughs> tap water. Anyone could get tap water. And he's, and he holds up a bottle of Evian water. <laughs> I, that's such a 1993 joke to be like, bottled water is too expensive. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what did you guys think of the joke of um, the last name? Mario Mario, yeah. I liked it. That was funny. Was that is That's that like, like canon or was that just No, funny? I think that was the first time that that had happened because they had to reconcile like wait, they're the Mario brothers but one's name is Mario and one's name is Luigi. Yeah, yeah. It is funny That's and then funny. they get into a little who's first about it and and like so how many Marios are there between you and then Luigi says three. And <laughs> because he should I mean there's two people but he's saying well, one, two for my brother and one for me. <laughs> Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario. <laughs> See, that's a good joke. That is a good joke. I laughed as a kid. I laughed now. I also, I laughed when uh, Richard Edson and the succession guy got smart. Uh, the way that they acted when they were smart was <laughs> such cartoonish, like, did you know the square root of 151? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when they're looking for Big Bertha, and uh, Fisher Stevens was, was like, "Oh, that woman outside the uh, that woman outside the Boom Boom Room or whatever," and and he's like, "Was she corpulent? Very corpulent? <laughs> no, she was just really round." <laughs> it's like because they're smart, so they say corpulent. Yeah. <laughs> here's here's something I didn't understand. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> how did they? So I know the actors were doing so. How they get the image onto film? No. Uh, oh boy. When there was a moment, twenty-four like, pictures per second towards the end of the movie, when all the the ladies who had been kidnapped from Brooklyn were in that room together, yeah. and one of the Goombas was in there. He's like, he's like coloring a picture of a dinosaur, and I think her name is Dina. Like looks at him like, what's this? This is weird. What was that? <laughs> what was, was it? Go- Toad. Maybe it was Toad. I don't know. It was like he all of a sudden there was just like cut cutaway to him like coloring a dinosaur, <laughs> like from a coloring book. Maybe it's just to show that. Is it because he's stupid? Maybe. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff in this movie that was like 
What what was with the uh, the mush the fungus growing everywhere? That was the old king who'd been de-evolved to the point of fungus, fungus, and he was choking the city. But he's also sentient and helping out the Mario brothers. And what did he keep giving them the bomb? Yeah, he was like giving them the bombs and Got stuff, it. and he was like stretching them himself out. But he was played by Lance Henriksen, who was a bishop in Aliens. So like. They're trying to do... They're trying, guys. They're trying <laughs> they their best. Hard. They tried. All in all, I think my hottest take of all is that you have this oddball movie where somebody's coming in with their own notions about what they want to do, and they're coming into a franchise that has a lot of people in the mix and a lot of expectations. And I think you could compare it to The Last Jedi. Mm. Oh, There you have a movie that a lot of people like, a lot of people don't like, but it's because a guy came in with his own ideas about what he wants to do, and he's walking into this field, this minefield where there's a franchise, and a lot of people have their own expectations, and you can't just do what you want. <laughs> you can't always do what you want. Hey, come on. I feel come like on. my my big takeaway. I was I was watching this, and I I. I I had my own feelings about like, why are they doing this? Why aren't they giving me what I want? If I'm an eight year old and I'm watching this movie and I love Mario, why am I not getting the things I want to see? And then I read the backstory on the film and I saw, well, we were trying to do this. It's more like a prequel or Nintendo said, hey, go have fun with it. And we like doing dark scrappy things. So blah, blah, blah. But the push and pull of kids movie versus gritty dark movie. Yeah. It's, it's just there and, everyone yeah. would identify that tug of war that's happening and every studio note I'm sure. And every conversation on set, you know, was about those that, exactly that, that straight and how that exactly that. And I, I had pangs in my own career of like when you're forcing a thing, cause I pitch a lot of TV shows and I say, it's not a sketch show, but it's sort of like this. And then they're like, well, what is it? Because I know what a sketch show is. So, and I'm like, well, it's not that. <laughs> and like, and at the end of the day, it's like you just have to make the thing. You're flirting around a thing, and what you end up here with is, is a movie with really cool art direction, re a really good cast, really good music, and a very stupid plot. Because that was <laughs> the only, the only thing that got rewritten for kids was the plot. Like, the jokes are are not going to make kids laugh, and and the art direction is for adults. So you you, it's like caught in that uncanny Valley in the middle. And it just made me think it made me almost embarrassed watching it for the directors. Cause I, I was like, I've done this and, and probably the sloppy boys too. When we're, when we're making music and we're like, well, it's not just comedy music. It's kind of good, but it's not serious because it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you gotta just make a clear thing. And if you don't know what you're making, and it's not kind of good. It's kind of bad. <laughs> It's actually kind of bad and we're kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> My big takeaway was how much of like the 90s, uh, and I know I rail against them all the time, but the corporation stuff, like uh, how, much, how much there of the is. advertising was figured out for me? It was like pizza, looked like Ninja Turtles. It was obviously Mario Brothers. They mentioned WrestleMania. Like that was, I was watching wrestling at the time and it was like, this is all mixed in to be the same thing. It's a product of its time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so funny to think back, like, how much I was being, like, uh, it was all, like, focus grouped for, like, a little kid. Well, but at the same time, like, 
the focus group thing is is a good point. I feel like people that shit on this movie, I'm like, then go watch a Marvel movie or literally any Hollywood movie these days where all the weird edges have been sanded down and there's nothing Yeah, well, specific. we didn't pick a Marvel movie for this one, okay? <laughs> but, but like, uh, uh, I would way rather see an oddity where the directors actually had some ideas that they wanted to try out and have it yeah, be like it's a more mess. Interesting. Like, uh, this is this for movie sure. is far more interesting to me than like... For sure. Uh, like a Marvel movie. Yeah. It is just... I, get I agree 100%. It is just weird being teased with the good stuff and then remembering that you're like... <laughs> the reason we're watching a movie about two plumbers is the video game. So you can't... I could never fully erase that from my memory and you're sort of like when there are lines like, I hate those plumbers or whatever, like <laughs> I, I felt, a I feel almost robbed that the world could have had a really cool movie that the Max Headroom directors and Alan Silvestri made that was an original premise. But unfortunately you can only sell things that are based on video games. Here's a, here's a great documentary idea. If we've got any documentarians listening, make a documentary about the, uh, start to finish of like a studio video game movie or a Marvel movie or something and like show us show all the like twists and turns and like uh, let's change uh, I don't know uh, make uh, Leguizamo's hat uh, backwards put it backwards like that's uh, something we're doing yes. these days like I want to see all like how that all makes the final shitty product like the TV set yeah you ever see yeah, the yeah, TV yeah right, set? right yes yeah 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 um, also worth noting that Mario Brothers was the first video game movie and uh, another fun one to look into is the making of the Street Fighter movie, which is also uh, a train wreck like this, mm. where oh. Raul Julia was literally dying of cancer and yeah. they had him play like Oof. the super strong M. Bison. And he, <laughs> you can tell his neck is like is like super skinny and his, his he has like these huge shoulder pads. And uh, Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van Damme is in like full star mode. <laughs> that's a, that's uh, really rough, one. especially because... We had Street Fighter 2 at my dad's pizzeria when I was growing up, so. Nice. Nice. That's nice. right. Used to open up the thing with the key, put the same quarter in all the time. You son of a bitch. So that's our, fi that's our final thoughts on the movie, but out of five, what do you guys give it? Zero. Zero uh, out of five. Wait, is zero the lowest or is one? <laughs> Zero's the lowest. Um, well... Uh, you know, a cool composer doing not his thing. Great actors uh, frustrated with bad uh, dialogue. The 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 Blade Runner mm -hmm. art department mm -hmm. not making Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. it, it's all a big. It, it it irritated me. So I'll go zero. Oof. It wasn't like the worst movie I've ever seen. It, it didn't make a lot of sense, but like they were trying. I'll give it like a one or a two. I don't know. Which one? Jeez. I guess I'm going to give it a fucking three, guys. <laughs> three? Yeah. Why not? Three is reserved for movies that are about non-plumbers. No, no, no. It's a three. What's done is done. <laughs> Damn. Um, I mean, there are some good plumber movies. Moonstruck. <laughs> well, that's it for Super Mario Brothers. Now we got some mail. Who's it from? Zelda? God, Jesus. Stop that, Mike. <laughs>
They should I'm make a serious. Zelda movie. I'm, no, no, I'm serious. Knock it off. They should do a Zelda movie. I'm serious. Okay. <laughs> if there's any studio heads watching, make a Zelda movie. <laughs> what about listening? Nolan asks, what are your guys' opinions on the slop heads of old, Laurel and Hardy? Sincerely, your pal, Nolan. I'll oh. start. I, I'm completely unschooled. I really am, too. I, I kind of only know them as, like, other people referencing them. I watched that one um, where they're moving a piano uh, on the stairs. Because, you know, the secret stairs of Silver Lake. There's mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. maps and stuff. Um I like them. They, they got a lot of heart, right? You know, like they're these two, it, they like sleep in the same bed and they're best friends and they're sweet. I like them. And they weren't, they weren't uh silent movie. So like they sp- spoke, right? They spoke. Yeah. Um, and unlike the, the three stooges are mean to each other and the Marx brothers are firing off in a million directions. <laughs> it's kind of funny that these, there's these like two guys who like work jobs together and love each other. Yeah. They're kind of like the Detroiters, the original Detroiters. <laughs> there you go. Geez, I wish we knew more about these guys and we could uh, answer this question better. Um, uh, speaking of that kind of uh, old comedy stuff, though, my parents know that I like comedy and, and, and old comedy, too. So I'll get a lot of funny gifts from them that are like, oh, a, um, a DVD of Elaine Boozler or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one, uh, my parents went to a auction mm-hmm. and then they bought me statues of the, of the Marx brothers. Statues? Oh, like yeah, the big like, headed things? The big, they're like, they're about knee high. They're, I would oh, say may, maybe they're like garden gnomes. Okay. They're really heavy and they're really <laughs> solid. And it's the Marx brothers. And like, you know, I don't dislike the Marx brothers, but I don't think I've ever said out loud before, <laughs> before that I like them. And, um, my parents, they probably got them really cheap at some Amish auction, but then they shipped them out to me and they're so heavy that it was probably like $200 to send them <laughs> out. So now I have this obligation to not throw them away. So I have them here down underneath my piano. <laughs> Noise. That's great. Well, if you got a question for the boys, email us at the sloppy boys podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Folks, you know what time it is. It's time to say goodbye. We've had a great chat with all of you. I figure that while we're doing this, the patrons are also chatting back to us as if we can hear them. Oh, yeah. Now they're getting ready for bed. Yeah. <laughs> get your uh, Brush your teeth, get your nightcaps on, and uh, snuggle into bed. Thanks for uh, listening, and we love you, patrons. Bye. Uh, we love you. Thanks for subscribing. And when I said Elaine Boozler, I meant Phyllis Diller. Bye. Good night.